This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Recently in an interview on CNBC, Wharton's Jeremy Siegel, who you know as the co-host of Behind the Markets every Friday at 1 p.m. here on Sirius XM 111, pulled the reins back on his expectations for the markets for the final two months of the year. Well, I uh, there's a couple things. I mean, first of all, we get past the election. We're, in my opinion, definitely going to have a rate hike in uh, December, mid-December. And the market's a little anxious about that. Um, and very frankly, although a number of firms have beat their third quarter estimates, uh, guidance has not been over enthusiastic. And, uh, uh, you know, given the valuations, which are a little rich, although as I've maintained for, for me- uh, quite a long time in a low interest rate environment, uh, not, not at all uh, unusual, uh, it's going to be harder to make uh, headway, I think. Now, he briefly mentions there the presidential race, but there isn't much doubt that the race has had an impact on the upward trend of the Dow, the S&P and the Nasdaq. We wanted to take a look at what impact it actually has had in the most recent past, but also what will happen to the markets post-election. Joining us on the phone to discuss this, David Cass, clinical professor in the finance department at the University of Maryland, Joam Gomes, uh, professor of finance here at the Wharton School, and Eric Jones, professor at Johns Hopkins University in including in international political economy. Gentlemen, great to have you all on the show with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, The markets haven't seen a ton of growth the last couple of months. Uh, I'll ask this to all of you. Joao, I'll start with you. Is it mostly what's going on with the presidential election right now? Um, I I think... It's a lot of different things, but uh, just to focus on the presidential election, I think there, there's been a relative certainty of, of the, the outcome for, for a while. I think that has changed in the last week or so a little bit, but uh, there's been relative certainty about the outcome, and I think that has helped uh, a little bit with volatility in the last, in the last few months. Um, and not just the presidential election, I might say, but the whole election. I think right. the market is, is fairly comfortable with the outcome that includes <laughs> A Republican majority, in, in, at least in the House of Representatives, um, and that's an important thing. I think if that was to change, I think we would see more more swings in the in uh, in valuations in the next week or so, in particular. Uh, probably, uh, I, I think we'd be much more nervous about tax policy and, and regulation in the in the years ahead um, than what we see right now. David. Yes, I think that uh, the election and what has uh, occurred in the past week uh, with the new revelation of the uh, emails has had a major impact in holding the market back. I think the market indeed had been expecting until recently a uh, Clinton victory. I closely follow the prediction markets that have been, I found, very accurate in recent presidential elections. And, for example, the probability of Donald Trump uh, being elected president has gone up in the past week. I follow pattypower.com. has gone up from about 18% to 30%. Uh, Hillary Clinton still heavily favored to win, but about 12 percentage points in probability have moved. And I think there is a lot of concern. The market, I believe, is more comfortable 
uh, with a Clinton election. There's a lot more uncertainty associated with a possible Trump election. With respect to Congress, uh, uh, the Senate, uh, according to uh, one of the prediction markets that I follow, there's about a 60% probability of uh, the Democrats recapturing control of the Senate from the Republicans, but the House is likely to stay under Republican control. So there could be a split in Congress. Uh, that has not really changed that much in the last week or two. Eric, how much do you think the election is, is an impact on the markets right now? Well, I think I, I'm sure the elections are having an effect, but I, I, you know, I guess what I could add at this point, after after hearing my colleagues, is is some sense of what's going on in the rest of the world. Certainly, the strengthening of the dollar relative to major trading partners has has put some downward pressure on what we think the U.S. economy is going to be doing. Um, we do have some big concerns that have arisen in other parts of the globe. The Brexit vote at the start of the summer, uh, the ongoing trouble that we've seen in Europe. So I think that there are lots of reasons why the markets are down, and the, the U.S. elections are only one of them. And, and with your background in international economics, I wanted to bring up but you know, the impact going forward after the election uh, for both candidates, for both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. What impact could we potentially see uh, internationally, depending on whoever is, is elected on Tuesday? Well, I think a, a Clinton election, which is the, the result that's been priced into the markets, is, is one that the markets are comfortable with. There, I have to agree with my colleagues there. I think, I, I think the level of comfort with, with the kind of blockage that would result from a total Republican control of both houses of Congress uh, would, would be significantly lower. I mean, they want the administration not to change tax policy dramatically, but they, they do want the administration to be able to govern. So I'd be a little bit worried if, if Clinton were to come in with a very slim mandate and, and not to have succeeded in getting at least control over the Senate. As for a Trump victory, I, th I think a Trump victory would, would put a lot of volatility into the markets, not least because our ability to anticipate what would be the safe haven asset in the context of a Trump victory is, is, is a little bit more limited, right? I mean, normally you would want to go into U.S. Treasury instruments or Treasury-backed instruments, but given what he's said about his attitude toward debt, that, that becomes a little bit more of a questionable prospect. And what we saw when, when FBI Director Comey uh, announced his decision to look into these emails uh, was a sudden surge in demand for euro-denominated and also some exotic currency-denominated assets. Well, and also, if, if you're talking about a potential Trump victory, then there is also the concerns over his comments on trade deals with NAFTA and the potential of TPP as well. Right, Eric? Well, I think that's right. I mean, there, there's been some chatter about the possibility that TPP could be, could be done in the lame duck Congress. I, I don't really see that happening. I don't think either of the presidential candidates is too eager to pursue TPP going forward, although it's it's slightly more likely under a Clinton presidency. As for the other major trade deals, if, if Trump were to win, I think it would throw a big question mark over, over the role of the United States as an advocate of free trade yeah. uh, and would raise a lot of questions about how it would be negotiated going forward. 
We're joined by uh, Eric Jones of Johns Hopkins University, David Cass of the University of Maryland, and Joam Gomes here of the Wharton School. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the impact on the markets from uh, this election cycle. You're more than welcome to give us a call. If you can't get to your phone, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney, L-O-N-E-Y 21. David, what are the, the, the sectors... Uh, of the economy that have really had the the greatest impact during the last couple of months with all of this uh, election stuff going back and forth, and obviously the other factors as well uh, with the with the the growth uh, slow growth of the U.S. economy and and obviously the changes globally as well. Well, I think the market uh, essentially in the last couple of months um, has been pretty much uh, moving together. Financials have been somewhat sensitive. Uh, but in part, uh, news that are specific to that sector, there is certainly the concern about uh, Wells Fargo, for example, that's having an impact on the financials. Uh, on the other side of the coin, um, as one of my colleagues mentioned earlier, uh, as, as was mentioned earlier, it was likely that the Federal Reserve will start raising interest rates yep. Uh, in December, and perhaps begin an upward movement gradually in that regard, and that would assist the financial se- uh, sector, the banks, uh, for example. But the whole market is, uh, as I view it, over the last several days, has been sort of moving down pretty much in tandem. Let me ask you this, then. I mean, most of the estimations about the Federal Reserve are that they are going to make a move in uh, in December. A lot of people are wondering why they didn't just go ahead and make the move this month uh, at the end of the meetings, which which happened uh, later today. A lot of people are saying that really the election is the only reason why that they would probably not make a move. David? Yes. Um, I'll... I have two reasons to give you. Certainly the elections definitely won. I don't think uh, the Federal Reserve Board, the FOMC, would want to have a major uh, input to the outcome of the election. But also uh, the Federal Reserve has a regularly scheduled news conference uh, due right after their December 13th and 14th meeting, uh, as they do every three months. And that would be an appropriate time to explain any rate increase should it occur, which is likely to occur. I believe uh, the financial futures markets are indicating an over 80% probability of a rate increase at that time and a very much lower probability today. Uh, Their announcement, by the way, will come out at 2 p.m. today. And uh, again, I think the primary reason, perhaps they'd like to see more data. Uh, it's six weeks later. Let's be sure we're doing the right thing. Let's be sure the economy is not slowing down. Uh, let's be careful. And then once the election's out of the way, the reactions, the market's reaction to the election's out of the way, uh, this would be a time, a better time to address this issue. And so I guess we would have another estimate on third quarter GDP between then and the December meeting now, correct? Uh, that is correct. And, of course, this Friday at 8.30 in the morning, yep. we get the October unemployment numbers coming out. And, yes, there will be another read. There are three separate readings on a quarterly GDP. We just had the first one come out uh, last week, and there will be a second one coming out at the end of November. And, of course, the final one comes out at the end of December. But, yes, we will have an additional reading. Joao, uh, what do you expect from the markets uh, going forward? Uh, you know, wh- 
figure out, you know, whichever candidate you would like to mm-hmm. like to uh, approach on this. Obviously, it's a situation where a lot of people think it'll be Hillary Clinton. Some of the polls are saying this race is getting a little bit closer. But what do you see as the impact on the markets uh, in the wake of the election, and especially going on the comments uh, of Professor Siegel that we heard at the top of the segment? Well, I, I might just be echoing a couple of things that people have said, but I, but I think, um, you know, right now we're pricing Hillary Clinton. Absent any Brexit-type result, uh, I think that that is going to be broadly positive for the market starting in November. Um, I think there's one sector that we haven't talked about um, that actually is an important sector for the next couple of months, which is, and maybe afterwards, which is healthcare. Uh, right. The future of Obamacare is very much on the line uh, in this election. And that matters a lot for, for the healthcare sector and the pricing of healthcare stocks. I think that has been reflected in early 2016. That will continue until we have some clarity. And frankly, nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, it's not clear what, what the Democrats will do, and their ability to do something depends on whether they get the House, uh, which is very unlikely, but, but it's, it's, it's not impossible. Right. I, think, I think those are the main uncertainties. I take it, as I think David said, he talked a lot about the probabilities, and I think, you know, we probably three to one Hillary's most likely to win um, I think that's that's priced in uh, I think what we'll look for immediately afterwards is um, what is the Fed going to do I think there's going to be um, some growth in Q3 2.9 is our starting point I'm pretty sure we'll stay close to that we'll have a couple of implement reports will be positive uh, at least right now that's the forecast and almost surely we'll have a Fed hike um, if Trump wins <laughs> I think we'll have a very different scenario. I think at that point, we all kind of expect the stock market to go down a little bit. How much? We'll know. We'll, you know, we'll have to find out. Um, it depends what he says. It depends what he does. Um, but there's no doubt we'll have a lot of uncertainty. I think the rate hike in December becomes very much a question mark at that point. Right. I think the Fed will look at the data and say, wow. I think the behavior of the stock market, frankly, is the missing ingredient. I think economic growth is in place. The Fed will hike if all that's looking at is GDP and payroll. But if the stock market wobbles in the next month and a half and the election could do that, I think we will not have a hike. And that's that's a very different outlook going into 2017. Well, Eric, in your mind, outside of a, of a negative or a really low number on jobs this uh, this uh, this weekend or this uh, Friday, uh, is there anything out there that, that you see that could, could hold the Fed back from from not raising interest rates, maybe you know, 12 basis points, something like that? Well, I haven't seen I, I haven't seen anything in the international environment that that could hold the Fed back from beginning its gradual tightening of monetary policy, and I think the time has come for the Fed for the Fed to do that. I, I would just agree with what Joao said about about looking at the markets. If if there were something that happened in the election and Trump were to win, we would look at the market reaction and and, and then have to make a reassessment as to whether that's going to take place. Well, the health care issue is one that, uh, David, obviously becomes, a, a, as Joao mentioned, a, a fairly important question. Uh, Donald Trump has made his uh, opinions very well known on, on the Affordable Care Act. A- and I still get the sense that, that the Democrats are expecting some level of change with the Affordable Care Act going forward, especially considering some of the things we've seen with insurance companies wanting to move out of markets and the, the ability of choice for a lot of consumers in some states just not being there as much uh, as it was a year ago. Uh, yes, uh, certainly uh, there's a problem that needs to be fixed, but I think it is fixable. I think certainly uh, under a Clinton administration, 
and a likely uh, Democratic-controlled uh, Senate, uh, that a movement can be moved, uh, made in the direction of patching up the system, providing more choice. And there's also another issue within the healthcare sector that hasn't been mentioned uh, in this interview, and that is uh, pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical yep. stocks. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, during the campaign, has taken a very aggressive position against pricing. Uh, pharmaceutical drugs. There have been some abuses that have made uh, the media in the past year, and there may be some effort made uh, in the direction of putting pressure on pharmaceutical companies to either lower prices or reduce price increases in the future. So you have that impact on the healthcare industry, but Obamacare is likely uh, to continue. Remember, Hillary. Uh, as first lady in 1993, uh, under her husband's uh, first term, uh, led a major health care reform effort in this general direction. She's very knowledgeable in the area, and I think working together uh, with Congress will come up with some fix or improvement in Obamacare. What also do you see, Joam, as kind of being a key ingredient going forward? Uh, there is, as you kind of alluded to before, the, the potential for a, a level of gridlock within uh, the uh, the government is there, especially mm-hmm. if Republicans do hold on to the Senate. And that's you know mm-hmm. kind of a 50-50 at this point. As you said, I think a lot of people expect the House of Representatives to stay Republican at this point. Could we be looking at some significant gridlock? Um, I think so. Um, I don't expect it, but yes, could we? Yes. I, I do think, though, the new president coming in, the most unpopular president in American history, let's face it, whoever wins, will be hard-pressed to have some signature achievement quickly that is as bipartisan as possible. Can she do it, assuming it's Hillary Clinton, or can Donald Trump do it? I don't know. I think they'll try hard, though. And, what uh, did... and the only way to do it is really to find some common ground with Congress. Now, will that be small? and restricted to something like uh, infrastructure plus corporate tax reform? Or will that be more ambitious? Um, that's very much up to both parties, and, and you know we can only speculate. And what does that end up doing to Wall Street? Oh, I think it'd be... So, under the scenario that I'm more optimistic about, which I, I think uh, the president, Hillary Clinton, let's say, uh, is, has all the... Uh, interest in, in achieving something in our first term, um, I think Wall Street will be very, very happy. I think we we can agree. Corporate tax reform is the minimal. I think we will do that either way right. because it's in the Republicans' interest. I think trade is more difficult. I think individual tax reform is exceptionally difficult but could be done uh, if the numbers, if there's some moderation on, on the Democrats, um, I think. With, with what they want in, in terms of progressivity of the tax system, elimination of loopholes, and so on. That could, be, that could be something achieved there. And I think that, that's something that everybody knows it's, it's good, uh, but it's just difficult to get both parties to agree on the, on the overall numbers. Um, but I think Hillary does need a signature achievement to be, to be reelected, to be a successful president. And the only way to do that is actually I, is to deal with the Republicans. I think that's going to be very different than Obama's presidency because Obama had Obamacare as a signature achievement. And there was not so much of an incentive to compromise after that on either party. Right. I think that's just not going to be true there with this president. Um, 
Eric, when, when, when Brexit actually started to make news, and obviously the vote took place, the markets really reacted volatile in, in, with a great deal of volatility for a couple-of-day period. Uh, is it your belief that, that that type of volatility could be there if Donald Trump were to be elected president on Tuesday? And after the Brexit and after that, that two- or three-day period of volatility, things have, have fairly well settled down, and we're starting to see some better growth reports out of Europe. It, are we going to see more volatility as we get closer to that Brexit? Well, I think, you know, if there, if there were a Trump victory, there would certainly be a lot of volatility. Um, if, if Hillary wins, I don't think we're going to see the same level of volatility if we see any volatility at all. So, so I think that that is is a fairly clear distinction. I, I would I would point out in the context of what happened in Brexit, there was some volatility in 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 the markets, um, but but there was a one direction move in terms of the value of the pound, and the pound right. is still twenty percent down uh, over the summer. As as a consequence of which, there's a lot of things that are happening in the United Kingdom that we probably wouldn't want to see happen in the United States, and I think it would be more difficult for that kind of a correction. Uh, to take place in the U.S. context. I think it would be difficult for us to lose 20% on the value of the dollar, for example, in the aftermath of a Trump victory. So that, that might be something that we might look for, is how this plays out in the context of the currency markets. Going back to, uh, David, uh, it's something that you mentioned uh, regarding the, the banking sector. Uh, obviously, there, there has been a, a connection made between the banking sector and Hillary Clinton for quite some time. And Goldman Sachs actually came out with a note uh, earlier today that they still see Hillary Clinton as twice as likely as being elected the, as Donald Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, there's some data that, that, that shows that Hillary Clinton is still the, the favorite. But it is interesting that Goldman Sachs makes this note just a few days before uh, before the before the election actually takes place. Yes, well, I think the Goldman Sachs comment is consistent with virtually all the prediction markets, all the prediction models uh, showing the probability of Hillary Clinton being elected is certainly at least seventy percent. And so I think they're just reporting what they expect, and independent of any past relationship they've had with her. Uh, so I don't think that statement is being influenced at all uh, as a result of that. They're just predicting or stating what they believe. Joam? I, I, yes, I, I, I think I would agree with that completely. What about the level of, 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 of we're in the middle of the fact that we're in the middle of earnings season right now, mm-hmm. uh, and there haven't been a whole lot of CEOs that have come out and said that uh, the, the growth numbers and maybe the future growth is being affected by politics. One or two of them have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Siegel mentioned it in, in the comment that we've seen that kind of the forward-looking numbers aren't exactly a, as promising as probably a lot of people would like to see for companies going into uh, the fourth quarter and into the early part of 2017 or 20 uh yeah 2017 i think that's 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 right that's right it's hard to see what a different president will do uh to to earnings into next year i, I think I, mean, I think it's wise to to not speculate uh from the part of most ceos i think if you look at uh, measures of uh, and then there are these these constructions of policy uncertainty that people look at and, and you know they're, they're extremely large at this moment um, so that there is a lot of you know, uncertainty out there but it's it's very hard to know what they're going to do to earnings into next year right now though I think that the first and first and foremost it would be the, the value of the dollar they'll be the one 
number that could dramatically change forecasting to next year that is more sensitive to the outcome of this election. Um, I don't think a 20% appreciation is realistic for us, but... Eric, how about you on the dollar? Well, I do. I, I think Rob is absolutely right. I mean, the the value of the dollar is what we have to watch, and we have to watch it on on both sides. If Trump came in, I think we we would see a significant downward correction. I'm not sure it would be 20 percent. Seems large to me. But but if Hillary wins and and we do get that gradual tightening on the part of the Fed that everybody is expecting to arrive in December, we have to watch the divide in monetary policy between the the Fed and the ECB because that's gonna that's gonna yawn out as the ECB tries to continue with its large-scale asset purchases. And it may be joined by the Bank of England, which is wrestling right now uh, with whether to respond to the accelerating inflation or, or to pay attention more to what's happening in the real economy. David, uh, Professor Siegel, not in that in that cut, was also talking about in, in the interview that he did, uh, the numbers that he expects by the end of the year, that there still could be a little bit of growth in Wall Street. The Dow could be a little bit closer to 19,000. We could see, you know, closer to 2,300 on, on the S&P. Are, are you in that ballpark as well? Yes, absolutely, especially if uh, Hillary Clinton's elected. I believe... Uh, if she is elected, that there'll be a relief rally, so to speak, of a few percentage points uh, right after the election results are made, assuming they are clear, there are no problems uh, post-election. And I would think that the market right now, I agree with uh, Professor Siegel's comments. In, in my opinion, the market, although it's fully valued, it's not overvalued, in my opinion. There is still room for growth. And I think with the uncertainty of the election out of the way, uh, it would make it a, a path of lower resistance uh, in moving up. Gentlemen, great to have you all joining us today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Great, great to have you. Thank you. Great to have you all with us. Uh, Joam Gomez here from the Wharton School. David Cass from the University of Maryland. Eric Jones from Johns Hopkins University. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.